0: This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Ground and battle. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this can happen to me, pluck from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the opportunity presented itself, so I seized the door was open, it's the breath of fresh air that I needed. Just an average dude and now I've become a catalyst, make connection between fighters and fans, can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it, analyst analysis, studied the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist, building up the hype before a fight, this ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist. Spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness, as so when we collaborate. Mikey Rock is Jeremy Brand as we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and a yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio. sucker sucker radio. It's the
1: radio, it's the, it's the radio What's up suckers, suckers. we're suckers back radio. here on Sucker.com for Sucker Radio Another episode upon you this week suckers suckers We had a double outing suckers this last suckers weekend suckers with the Tough 20 finale Carla Esparza winning the strawweight gold And then on Saturday night we had UFC Fight Night Or UFC on Fox 13 actually Junior DeSantos versus Stipe Miocic a very, very tough fight, and uh, Junior Santos walking away with the judge's decision. The guy gets beaten up like crazy. His face gets battered. I don't know how much more damage this guy needs to take, but he still came away with the victory, so congrats to Junior DeSantos. Um, a lawsuit came to the UFC earlier this week, And one of my guests, my first guest actually, will be Ryan Jimmo, who has had a lot to say over social media um, over the past several days regarding not only this lawsuit, but the UFC themselves. So I'll have him on the show in a few minutes here to chat about that. But I'll let you know who else is on the show. I have Desmond Green, who will be fighting for the featherweight championship at Titan FC 32 this Friday night against Steven Seiler. And Justin Pirro will give us his unpopular opinions in between my two guests. So kicking things off right now, Ryan, the big deal, Jimmo, joining me right after this. Joining me now is one of Canada's most decorated light heavyweights. He is the former former MFC champ and ties the record for fastest knockout in the UFC at 7 seconds. Please welcome the big deal, Ryan Jimmo to Sucker Radio. Ryan, man, thanks for joining me today.
2: That's a pleasure to be here, man.
1: Now let's cut right to the chase. Over the past several days, you've had you've had what seems like a lot of animosity on Twitter. Um, I hit you up yesterday to get you on the show so you could just give us more information on what what's been going on and and basically tell us why all this animosity.
2: Well, you, you know what? Um, I, I'm sure everyone's aware that. Uh, the, the lawsuit is, is, is happening with the USC so um, I wouldn't call what I, I have animosity. I was a little bit angry about of the USC gave me, um, That but that was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, you know? So fires have been getting not treated so well uh, on the financial front, on a personal front for some time, so some of these things have to change within the sport or it's going to implode on itself. And it's already starting to do that with lawsuits, you know, um, with what's happened with Nate Quarry and uh, Kung Lee as well as John Fitch. So I'm looking at it as a, a long-term thing, not just for myself, um, but for younger fighters coming up. Like, you don't want the younger generation to... Get taken advantage of you know like you know a good portion of my generation got taken advantage of or or get severely underpaid for something that you put years and years and years and of blood sweat and tears you know it's a dangerous job and i just want to see an improved situation for you know all fighters all around the world you know and sometimes you just gotta like you know you know bang a few puffs together to get some attention so that you can be heard and then that's some of those tweets I did were for that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now you say, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. You've worked your entire career to get to the UFC, yet I've seen people tweeting things like, so, Ryan Jim was trying to get fired, right? What do you, what do you have to say to that?
2: Yeah, yeah so uh, the, the thing that I think people are, are, are mistaken for, it's like, oh, you're not a company man, you don't want to be there. I do want to be in UFC. And the fact that I'm ma- trying to make a little bit of noise about this, I think proves it more than someone who's just going to be in agreement. I want to see the situation for fighters improve. I want to see, um, I want the UFC to go on. I don't want this, this lawsuit to cripple them. I, I But I do want some of the business practices in regards to the fighters and some of the pay structure um, to change. And, 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 and so I'm a company man in the fact that I want to see change for the better so everyone improves, so everyone's in a better situation. And it, it's hard to do that because I'll, I'll tell you what, I've been getting a little bit of flack. flap, like, why would you come on social media and say this? Why would you do this? Why would you do that? Why would you go and, and, and air your dirty laundry in public? It's like, we don't have a fighter's union. We don't have a player's association. There's no one to go and talk to to talk about these issues. So our only course of, our recourse is social media. You know, like, I don't have, you know, like, phone number. I don't have a social uh, a union head I can go talk to and go, hey, is this legit? Like, what's going on here? I have David White's Twitter channel I can talk to and contact him there. And so we don't really have any other real recourse of communication of how to go about trying to garnish some sort of change if something's unfair.
1: So as a fighter in the sport, in the UFC, you don't have your boss's phone number?
2: (laughs) No. Like Dana White? No
1: That's no. so interesting So there's has the UFC contacted you at all about Any of this stuff that's going on? Because I heard when the whole Reebok deal happened Dana White personally contacted some of the fighters Were you one of those fighters?
2: No, no, no.
1: How does the Reebok deal? Um, what do you think about the Reebok deal? How does it affect someone well, like yourself In the position that you're in?
2: Like You know what? Until we actually get numbers it's absolutely impossible to say, you know? So th- this is what I thought. I, I actually, I'm stealing this from another fighter. This was actually another fighter's idea. Um, so I, I, I can't claim uh, originality in this thought that I'm going to uh, talk about, but he said, oh, for so long, you know, they've kind of starved the fighters of sponsors, you know, put the tax on it. You can't, this guy can't sponsor that. This guy can't sponsor it here to the, you know, compete with, with ours. And so, guys aren't getting very much for sponsorship. It's really hard to get sponsored with UFC unless you're like a, a main event guy, you know? So guys are going to get like, let's say if they're getting $5,000 a fight for with sponsors, okay? Also, of a the Reebok deal comes by and it's like, well, here's 6000 And they're like, hey, I got a pay raise. But realistically, you should be getting 20000 You know what I mean? It's like they switched out feeding me bread scraps for a Snickers bar, but it's really just a Snickers bar. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know. You also, so this is something I think needs to change. And another thing that's a little bit questionable about it is, I mean, in the past, um and, and this is something that I just, I overall as an industry, it needs to change. Um, anytime there is any kind of chance to grab a little bit extra money, promotions tend to do it. So if. It, 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 things start going a little bit south for the company, you know, let's, let's say financially they're in a bit of a bind, uh, I'm not entirely trustworthy of them not taking the money out of that Reebok deal you know, of the fighters' pockets in order to, you know, keep the company going. And, and then the fighters are out in, out in the cold again.
1: Do you worry about any repercussions to these comments that you've made?
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good question. You know, I, I, was, I was watching... Um, a video about um, fighter pay and stuff, and uh, he, uh, the, I, I, I can't even, I don't even know who, 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 the individual was that was doing it. He's a bearded guy, he's a journalist. I think he breaks for sure, dog. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but he said, you know, if, if they want to, make, if fighters want to make a change in their pay, a couple of them, a couple of them have to kind of fall on their swords. You know, a couple of them really do have to fall on their swords, and. I, I've been getting a little bit of this. Like, why should we listen to you? You're not a champion. I, I, I see myself right now as a middle of the pack guy. I've got injured a few times in the last couple of fights, but middle of the pack guy, I see myself, you know, and the things that affect the, the bad things that overall with the Reebok deal and how little fighters get paid aren't affecting the top guys. They're affecting the middle to the, to the back of the pack guys, you know, it's most severely anyway. So, I mean, I think it should be encouraged that more guys who aren't, you know, front of pack like middle of the pack guys, stand up and and, and voice their opinion a little bit. Just because, I mean, it, it, in any other in any other job, if there is something that was completely like, you know what, this is not, just not kosher. You know, you could go talk to someone that you could you could you could you had some uh, course to take that it would could be corrected somehow. And the company would be improved overall, and, and there wouldn't be any damage. You know, you hope not, unless something absolutely crazy went down. We don't have that. So I just hoping to, to to improve that situation, improve the social infrastructure, and improve the lives for all the fighters, you know. And realistically, I think you improve the fight, lives for all the fighters, improve how happy they are, and then all of a sudden the UFC and the brass don't get lawsuits for millions of dollars, you know, coming at them because they've kind of, you know, messed some guys over.
1: Do you think that's what this lawsuit's about? It's not about the money, but it's about, you know, principle?
2: Um, I think that's a good portion of it. I mean, the money would be like the details, so I think that's also part of it. You know, guys have gotten severely kind of raked over the coals with, with money um, while, uh, you know, the brass are making... Money hands over fist, you know. Like there is more than enough wealth in this sport to go around, you know. So guys who are fighting in the UFC don't have to, like, you know, work at a coffee shop on the weekends just to keep their lights on and put food on the table for the family. You don't. You go to any other sport on the highest level, NFL, you know, NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA, um, and that just simply doesn't happen. Guys who play in the NBA. If they have a second job, they do it because they like serving coffee, not because they need the money, you know? And so that's an important aspect to really look at and understand. These guys, one time I was talking to a good friend of mine, um, and he said, you know what, I feel sorry for guys that fight in UFC. I said, why? He's like, right now I have a UFC fighter living in my basement. He fights in the UFC just so he can afford a piece of crap car. And he's like, it's dangerous work you guys are really passionate about what you do and you're so passionate that sometimes you um, forego potential health problems. You know, you're like, I've gotten broken bones before. Guys are tearing their knees out. Guys are getting broken bones in their face. They're getting, you know, they, it's very dangerous work. Okay. And if you look at the amount of money that it takes to train for a fight, the amount of money they're paying out to managers, agents, um, plus play taxes. Most guys are barely making a buy unless Something substantial has happened in the career. I, I've I've been lucky enough to do a couple of knockouts of nights, but even still, I mean, I, I I I calculated my pay is like I don't know, like forty grand a year over the three years uh, off, off I did. But imagine if someone did a couple knockouts of, of the nights, you know? I mean, that's very bad pay, and yeah. and especially for exceptionally exceptionally hard hard work, dangerous work. And, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's like, I mean, I'm not sure if you heard it, but Brendan Schaub on the Joe Rogan, on Joe's podcast a couple weeks back, where Joe was, I guess he was he was ripping him apart a little, but he was looking at it like he was a friend, you know, telling him that he he's not an elite athlete in the sport. He needs to step away because, you know, there's brain trauma issues and, and things like that. And then Brendan went on to say things about how with this Reebok deal, He's already lost sponsors. He's already started to lose pay. Have you noticed anything like that happen?
2: Uh, I haven't. Um, but, uh, then again, I haven't uh, I haven't fought yet. I've been in, out, out for a little while, so I, I, that's not as a visceral feeling for me right now. I have a couple other sponsors outside of the UFC that I'm pretty blessed to have. Um, so I haven't seen that personally, but I mean... I think the other organizations are going to be able to pick up that slack and fighters who are not fighting UFC are going to be able to benefit from that.
1: And you spoke about fighter union, and and you think that that do you think that's actually the way to go? And, and if so, how long do you think it'll actually take for that to become something visible?
2: So, so the question you asked, you think that's the way the way you have to, it should go? I, I I don't know if I see any other recourse. Other than than that, I mean, if if there's a more plausible um, solution to our problem here, and and the problem is players have no say, they have no they have no kind of weight to kind of like voice their opinion. Um, and I I'm 100 percent open to it, but I think that's kind of the only recourse. You need a players' association or a union in order to you know validate and fight for our particular rights within a company that you know traditionally historically has not respected. The, the fighters' rights, so I'm just hoping that all that improves and and it, it can move forward. I I hope that this 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 uh, this lawsuit doesn't cripple the UFC and crush it so they have to sell it and then someone doesn't take over it properly. You know, I hope this is what I really hope, and I might be a little bit idealistic, that they come out okay from it. You know, they learn their lesson, they they treat fighters a little more respect, and and give them a little bit of money because these guys deserve it. You know, and I'm not even talking about myself. You know, I, I, I kind of, you know, I, of course, everyone wants more money, but it really for the next generation, for, you know, the guys who are not getting paid any money and have kids and, and, and then, you know, have to work second job to the lights on. That's what I'm I'm speaking out for, you know. And hopefully it, it, it gains some ground.
1: If for some odd reason this, uh, this, stuff that you're saying right now, not only on this show, but on social media that's happened, if for some reason this doesn't go your way and, and you're no longer with the organization, do you have a backup plan?
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, of course I do. I mean, in in that instance, you know, there are, other, there are other organizations, you know, who are paying just as well, if not better, than UFC. Um, UFC is obviously, they're, they're the 800-pound gorilla in the room. You know, the, the guys. You know, they they are the NHL. They are the big leagues. You know, and everyone wants to go there. Um, but but on top of that, I mean, I have some other stuff going on. I have I have my own radio show, MMA fight radio. Uh, you know, that's really taking off right now. Um, I have some acting opportunities that I'm starting to dip my feet into. Um, I myself have some other stuff going. It, it, like if I had never fought, I, I would have other opportunities. I, I would I would do other things in my life. You know, um, I wouldn't work a nine-to-five job, you know, so I've been lucky enough to accrue some different skills within my life. But some guys, fighting is what they do, you know, fighting is what they do. So if there's not a little bit of money there um, in order to, like, start a business or or invest in something or do something with to hold their family off and and until they get something else going, you know, a lot of you guys are going to be left out in the cold on the bus stop, you know.
1: Now, we haven't seen you inside the octagon since your uh, sort of freak loss to Oven St. Brew up here in Vancouver in June. Uh, when do you expect to get back inside the cage or the octagon?
2: <laughs> well, if I get uh, all the brass, you'll see me and <laughs> probably never. But <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at the yeah, – I'm just about to be cleared for my arm um, in the next few weeks, probably the next three or four weeks. So I'm looking at making uh, a return um, in April. Uh, I was sort of looking at something a little earlier, but I've uh I've got a part in a in a in a TV series that might be pitched to a pretty big company, so a pretty big station. So I'm kind of looking and waiting on that see what kind of commitment that's going to take, uh, as well as uh I think my radio show is going to go um to be a little more of a commitment. So I, I want to see how everything kind of works out before I commit to a fight. All right, Ryan.
1: Before we let you go here, just uh, the floor is yours. Uh, say what you need to say. Obviously, you said a hell of a lot in this short time that we spoke, but if you have anything else to say, now is the time.
2: Yeah, so the, this is what I think. I, I think, you know, now is the time. You know, the ball rolling, all the fires out there. If you have something to say, don't be afraid to stand up and say it. You know, like, now is the time. You know, um, don't be afraid of the repercussions. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're not going to get paid $6,000. You know, you can do that and, and, and potentially get fired and then go fight somewhere else or maybe more, you know, maybe less. But what you can do from it is
3: mean,
2: just standing up and just bounding, you know, binding together a little bit so that we can improve the, the whole situation for all the fighters out there. I mean, and not just the fighters, UFC will improve due to it. So that's what I got to say. If you, if, you, if you want to stand up and uh, kind of bind together and voice, the opinions that you have that you've been so afraid to do in the past. Uh, you know, feel free to do so. And uh, you know, that's that.
1: Ryan, he is Ryan Jimmo. Thanks a lot for joining me today, man, and and all the be- all the best in in your fight for uh everything you're fighting for. <laughs> all right, man.
2: Thank you very much.
1: He is Ryan Jimmo. I appreciate having him on the show and letting him voice his opinion. That stuff needs to be heard right now. Uh, People are obviously trashing him a little bit on social media. But good on him for letting people know what he has to say and what he thinks about the lawsuit, the players' union, whatever you want to call it. um, That needs to be done. So thank you to Ryan Jimmo for joining me. Up next, Justin Pirro will give us his unpopular opinions.
4: Hello again, everyone. It's me, Justin Pirro, back here for more unpopular opinions on MMASucka.com's own Sucker Radio. So, I'm gonna start things off. Did you watch UFC on Fox 13? Did you see Nate Diaz get completely pwned? Yeah, you know, maybe if the guy... Wants to go around acting like he is king shit of Toilet Mountain or whatever. Maybe he should show up on weight, learn to defend leg kicks, and not get completely outclassed in... Quite honestly, I'm amazed the judges didn't score that whole fight 30-24 for Dos Años. (laughs) Because, I mean, you can make a case for all three of those rounds being 10-8. But, Nate, if he, you know, if he wants to prove he's worth the money, that he deserves more money, then he's got to do something. You train with Gilbert Melendez. You train with Jake Shields. You train with two talented wrestlers. Nate, pick it up. Change your stance. Learn to wrestle. Learn to get up off your back. And... Maybe don't bite the hand that feeds you, because pretty soon, you're probably going to be joining Ben Askren over in 1FC. Now, I'm sure as you saw here on com, that uh, the Fighters Only World MMA Awards are coming up. And I just want to urge all of you, I beg of you, I plead of you, do not vote for Ariel Helwani. The guy is not doing the work of a Brent Brookhouse. He's not out there actually risking lawsuits and threats and getting stories. He's not the one getting his UFC access um, put at risk. You know, other acceptable votes also include Josh Gross, Loretta Hunt, but not Helwani. I'm sorry. He's a presenter. He's the Jeremy Clarkson of the UFC, except not nearly as funny. And probably doesn't drive anywhere near as cool a set of cars. But anyways, just don't vote for Alwani. Vote for somebody who actually goes out and does proper investigative journalism. Vote for someone who, as Robin Black said on the UG, doesn't peddle this parasitic gossip-based type of journalism. Go with somebody who can properly analyze Vote for somebody who does investigations and who isn't employed by the UFC. Oh, and uh, next. So, I I apparently missed it, but Showdown Joe, thank you very much for bringing that back to my attention. That uh, Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, is saying that uh, she's going to kill the bantamweight experiment dead and that if Ronda Rousey wants to fight her, she'll have to do it at a catchweight Or at Featherweight. Okay, so, MMA media, all media, everybody, please, I beg of you, stop asking them about each other. I know you're doing it because you're trying to drive hits, but come on, don't create a stupid Mayweather Pacquiao thing here. Just let it die. And if one of them keeps bringing it up, then we'll know who's desperate for the attention. I got a feeling it ain't Rousey. You know, think of other things to ask them. Ask Chris how it feels to be turning into a bikini model after she bashed people for getting by on their looks. Ask Rousey how close her mother is to hitting the next TMZ journalist she sees near her daughter with an Osoto Gary. You know, there's other questions you can ask. And there's other questions you should be asking. So stop with this. And finally, I want to talk about this class action lawsuit that's going on against the UFC. From what I'm seeing, they've got something of a case. And despite how staunchly anti-union the Fertitas and Dana White are, This might be a situation that leads to there being a fighter's union, you know, like a player's association. It's something that's going to need to come about. And let's be honest, most companies that have unions have them for a reason. Professional sports has had unions come through simply because the owners have a bad habit of wanting to exploit the players for maximum gain. And, yes, I don't think that Dana White and the Fertittas are above that. Now, don't get me wrong. Not every union is a good union. Trust me, I know this. I've been in good ones. I've been in bad ones. But, it's something that needs to happen. And it's something that's going to happen. Hell, Jamie Varner talked about it after he retired on the weekend. And he's got a good case. But, ideally, you want to get somebody who's good with the math. Somebody who can uh, help make the economics of it work. So if you want to have somebody head up a fighters' union, I say Rich Franklin. I would be totally fine with Rich Franklin heading a fighters' union. Now, the fighters aren't the only ones who should have a guild or union or association. Quite honestly, (laughs) the writers need one too. I know Josh Gross was trying to get this in play a while back, a few years ago, and you know what? It's something that needs to come into practice. We need to act like more of a community, even if we are all in competition with each other. You don't think all those sports writers go out for drinks with each other? Yeah, they do. So... A MMA Writers Guild and MMA Journalists Association, and I'm not saying I'm a journalist. I'm a pundit. I cannot be unbiased. I'm not wired that way. I'm an opinionated asshole. (laughs) So, anyways, you catch my drift. You know, I'm like one of those guys you see on Sunday morning TV talking politics, except I do that for, except I do it for MMA. But at any rate. At any rate, Fighters Union, Writers Guild, Journalists Guild, these should happen. And if you disagree with me, well, I think time may prove me right on this one. All right. Before we, before I send this back to Jeremy, I want to go and uh, give a shout out to one of our new sponsors on the site. I'm sure you've seen the pop-up ad for them at this point. That's right, FanDuel.com, one-week fantasy sports. Go check them out. It's like counter move for team sports. And now, if you got complaints, if you got grievances, I want to hear them. Hit me up on Twitter, at Stormland Brand. Hit me up on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Stormland. Leave your comments, leave your kvetching. Now, back to Jeremy.
1: Justin Pirro giving us his unpopular opinions as always. Those ones were a little rough, but oh well, unpopular opinions as always. Thanks, Justin. I'll be joined by Desmond Green right after this, and following him, I will round out the show. My next guest will headline Titan FC 32 against Steven Seiler this Friday night live on CBS Sports Network. Please welcome Desmond Green to Sucker Radio. Desmond, thanks for joining me today, man.
3: Hey, what's up, bro? Thanks for having me. How's it
1: going? Pretty good. Now, I saw pictures of you online already starting to cut that weight. How's the weight cut going for you?
3: Uh, It's going good. I'm going normal. I'm uh, I'm actually a little bit ahead of pace uh, than I was last uh, fight, so uh, everything is positive. It's all good right now.
1: Now, it must have been a, a nice surprise to find out that you were moved to the main event at Titan FC 32. When did you find out about that, and, and what went through your mind when you found out?
3: Yeah, I was actually excited. Um, I, th- I thought I thought it should be the main event. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people are looking forward to seeing uh, me and him go at it. Uh, I found out about maybe a week ago, I think, when I first posted it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm really excited. You know, it's just, uh, I mean, just more exposure for me, more people getting to see me do my thing.
1: Now... I don't think I've ever heard the story about your move from Bellator to Titan FC. You were released midway through the year from Bellator, which was a surprise because you had a winning record with the organization. Were you surprised by this? I mean, it was obviously their loss.
3: Uh, yeah, I was definitely surprised. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere. And what uh, you know, it happened, it ended up being a blessing in disguise. So, uh, you know, um, shortly after I got released, uh, you know, Jeff uh, reached out. Uh, he was a great guy. You know, he's been helping me a lot thus far, but, uh, you know, he reached out. And uh, he actually hooked me up with, uh, you know, Topper management and, uh, you know, uh you know, he offered me a multi-fight contract with them, and, uh, you know, a chance to stay active, and, uh, you know, that's definitely what I wanted. So, um, you know, I'm actually happy with how things turned out.
1: Yeah, so obviously you were on other organizations' radar, even though you were released by this organization.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, yeah.
1: as I said, you'll take on Steven Seiler in the main event. Are you the kind of fighter that looks at every fight as the biggest fight of your career, or, or is this one truly the biggest fight of your career?
3: Um, It seems like the way, I, the way I've been fighting every fight, uh, you know, is just getting more and more excited, more and more stakes at hand. Uh, you know, I think this one definitely is up there uh, with the ranking, especially with it being the title and me just coming off of a strong finish. I think if I make another statement like I did, you know, I could possibly be getting uh some looks from uh, you know, UFC and uh so it's gonna be great. Uh, I definitely think this is gonna be a, you know, uh definitely a big uh fight for my career wise. Um, you know, just in, in me maintaining the status I've built so far. So uh I'm definitely gonna be going out there and giving it all I got.
1: Is that your ultimate goal then to make it to the UFC?
3: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that's every fighter's goal. Um know, not a lot of people can get there, so you know, I feel like I belong there and I will get there and uh, you know, this is just another stepping stone.
1: Now, Siler hasn't hasn't made an appearance inside a cage since his last loss, which was under the UFC banner. That was in July, quite some time ago. Um, do you think his his being out of action for that long, ring rest might be a factor for him?
3: Um no, probably not. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's got a lot of fights. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's been he stayed active. Uh, you know, especially being in the UFC. So uh, you know, he's, I'm sure he's going to be ready. Uh, you know, he had more than enough time to uh, you know rest his body up and get back to training and mm-hmm. heal up. So you know, I'm sure he'll be ready to go.
1: Will Will the fact that this fight is in the main event um, put any added pressure on your shoulders?
3: Uh, No, not at all. Uh, You know, this is actually gonna be my third fight in a row where I was the main event on national TV, so I'm kind of getting used to it by now.
1: No kidding. Now your last outing was finished so quick. You showed out, showed your knockout power, but didn't get to show the TV audience all of your skills. I know some fighters like to get say say they wish they got more time in the ring. Uh, when they go out there and they finish things quickly, do you like that, or, or are you a kind of guy that likes to get in and out of there as quick as possible?
3: No, I actually enjoy the fight game. Um, I wish I did have a little more time, you know. Especially when me, had just moved up to Montreal. Uh, you know, it's it a couple of things I just wanted to show everybody. Uh, you know, in my developmental game. So, you know, hopefully, uh, Tyler puts up a better fight, and uh, you know, we could get uh some good rounds in for our finishing. <laughs> So the new year is
1: upon us very soon. Following this fight, it, it, it will be twenty fifteen. What are your goals for the next calendar year?
3: Uh, just uh, you know to increase, you know, do the same thing I did this year, but just uh, you know more, you know, more fights, uh, you know, reach better levels, and uh, you know just keep on winning.
1: You said that you made the move for your training camp, but uh, just explain to people what what's going on with with your new training camp.
3: Um. Really, just uh, you know, I moved up to TriStar, uh, Montreal, and you know, I've been training with uh, you know, under Faraz Zahavi. Uh, you know, I just came good working with the team uh, TriStar. You know, uh, they're a great team, uh, it's one of the best gyms um, in the MMA world. So, uh, really, I just uh, been up there and hearing and everything that they have to give.
1: So, are you, are you living in Montreal full time?
3: Yep. Yeah, I moved up here about two months ago, and I've uh, just been up there plugging away.
1: Fellow Canadian now. geez, nice. <laughs> now, you've only been a professional MMA fighter since 2012, which is pretty crazy with the amount of fights under your belt. Uh, what's the most important thing you've learned about the sport over the last two years, not only inside the cage, but also outside?
3: Um, inside the cage, I think the most important thing I've learned is just preparation. Uh, you know, just uh, being aware of everything, um, you know, every position, uh, every style of fighting. Uh, and then outside the cage, um, you know, I was, I was a Division one athlete, so I kind of, I'm used to the athlete, the athletic life. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've necessarily learned anything outside of the cage. Fighting is real similar to wrestling, so uh, you know, I don't know if I necessarily uh, learned anything outside of the cage. But, you know, I'm definitely I'm still learning a whole lot inside. Mentally,
1: it's the same, yeah?
3: Yeah, definitely. It's almost like, yeah, wrestling may be a little bit more mentally tough uh, just because, you know, fighting, you fight once, uh, you know, usually once every three, four months. uh, But with wrestling, you know, back in college, I was wrestling twice a week. And, you know, it's the same uh, one-on-one, three-round format. Basically, uh, it's a fight without using your hands and your legs. So, uh, yeah, definitely similar.
1: Now you're f- moving away from the fight. your Facebook name is not Desmond Green. Just explain not only to our listeners but to myself what's going on with the Facebook name?
3: Uh, toon winning uh, my nickname is Toon that's what my boys call me. Uh, I love cartoons uh, you know that's all I watch and uh, you know since a kid you know I've just always been about the progress and uh, you know just the upcoming and to come up winning being successful so you know i i put those two together
1: <laughs> so you're still you're still into the cartoons i mean the, definitely the cartoons from this day and age aren't what they used to be
3: oh uh, yeah no i, I do I, I watch uh i watch cartoons still you know on a daily basis uh you know i like the new ninja turtle series they got out uh you know like you said it's not, it's not I, I watch a lot of the old ones they got netflix so you know i can watch pretty much any cartoon i want but yeah man my any time I turn the TV on, nine times out of ten, uh, cartoons are coming on.
1: Now, you said your nickname, your boys call you Tune, but your, your nickname online and in the cage is The Predator. You have The Dreads. Is that where the the nickname came from?
3: Yeah, that's not uh, that Predator is my cage name. Uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely from The Dreads. You know, uh, I go out there and, uh, you know, I just attack. I, you know, I pounce on my prey. So, you know, I, I came up with The Predator.
1: You came up with it yourself? yep Uh oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Finally, before I let you go here, just give us a prediction on how you think this fight's gonna play out. Obviously, Siler has the uh, experience in- inside the cage and whatnot. But how, in your mind, do you visualize the fight playing out on Friday night?
3: Um, I feel like I'm gonna be able to go out there and have my way with him. Um, from the first second that that gate locks. Uh... You know, I feel like I could beat him in every position. And, uh, you know, I definitely go out there and intend to uh, prove that and back those words up. Uh, you know, I'd be surprised if uh, he goes the last report 25 minutes. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to try to keep a pace up, and I'm really going to be working hard to finish him.
1: He is Desmond Green. He'll take on Steven Seiler this Friday night in Massachusetts at Titan FC 32 live on CBS Sports Network. Thanks for joining me today, man. And how can people get a hold of you in the social media universe?
3: Alright, thanks. Uh, Facebook, my name is ToonWinning, T-O-O-N, Winning spelled without the G, and uh, and then uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, my name is Predator Toon, uh, uh, P-R-E-D-A-T-O-R, and then Toon, T-O-O-N.
1: Desmond, all the best, man, and good luck this Friday night.
3: Alright, thanks, man. Thanks for having me.
1: So good luck to Desmond Green this Friday night in the main event at Titan FC 32. Um, good luck to Ryan Jimmo on all his fronts that he has been chatting about. Uh, it's a big deal, just like his nickname. And uh, thanks to Justin Pierrot for his unpopular opinions. So without further ado, make sure you like MMA sucker on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter at MMA Sucker. You can find me on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. Thank you to my sponsors. On it, head on over to onit.com and use the coupon code MMASUCKA. That is right, MMA Sucka, for ten percent off your entire supplement purchase. I'm on some Alpha Brain right now. I don't know if you can tell or not, but go buy yourself some Alpha Brain. It's some good stuff. That is it for this episode. Please join me next week for another fantastic episode of Sucker Radio here on MMA With that, I'm out.